This is The Jerry Callahan Show. Let's get out ahead of this one, Ironhead. Sources say... Boston Celtics coach Joe Mazzulla will be fired in the coming days. So I'm going to, I'm going to be first with that. I may, I may not be right, but it feels like it. And uh, we'll get to the explanation. We'll get to the moment where I decided he's done. It's amazing too, because he was done after the first three games. He was definitely fired. If they got swept, they bounced back with three straight wins and he's riding high and he's all set. And you know, they're talking about giving him a 10 year extension then they blow it big time last night against the Heat. They are eliminated, and Missoula is just getting roasted. And I'm going to tell you who officially lopped off his head, Charles Barkley. After the game, we'll get to the, the sound, the explanation from Barkley and the rest of the panel on TNT. I'm going to miss those guys. That's, that's a good show. It's a fun show. I don't know why they can't do it during the finals. I know they don't have the games. They don't have the rights. But you would think a little counter-programming, get Barkley to work a couple extra days and do his thing. But uh, those guys are done just like the Celtics. It was so ugly. And I will say this. I'm, I'm a generally a very optimistic guy. You know, I like to look at the bright side. It was a fun couple of weeks. And last night I was shocked to see that this the way this unfolded. Shocked that the Heat didn't just win. Uh, in game seven, they destroyed the Celtics and uh, I guaranteed a Celtics win. So I'm taking my lumps on Twitter, which is fine. I deserve it, but uh, I didn't, I didn't anticipate Jalen, Jason Tatum getting hurt on the first play. I don't think they win the game, even if he doesn't get hurt. Uh, And uh, we do have a goat. It's not just Missoula. We have Jalen Brown who they're going to talk about giving a, I think it's $240 million deal to this summer. That can't happen. That can't happen. We saw what happened when he tries to be the man, be the alpha in the group. And he's just doesn't have the ability. He's not a good ball handler. He's, he doesn't, he's not great at shot selection. And he, I know they hate this word. I know players hate it. Coaches hate it. But when you don't, uh, play well under pressure when the pressure of a big game gets to you, affects you, and you suddenly start bouncing the ball off your feet. What do you call that? Is there a word for that? Choke. Yes, I would say uh, it's harsh. And um, nobody said it to his face, I don't believe, last night. He took, he took responsibility, said it's all his fault. He failed. He did. That was good, but he choked. He choked, unfortunately, for the, uh, the, the Celtics fans who were just rocking. I mean, uh, I think uh, Ernie Johnson said it felt like a college football crowd. It was so loud and wild, and uh, the Heat just shut them up. And uh, the Celtics are once again uh, going home short of their goal. We can get to that. We'll get to the Barkley comments, which are just – I mean, he's he just – says whatever pops in his head. He's so good. And uh, he basically uh, stuck the knife into Missoula last night. And I expect the coach will be uh, sent packing any day now. And by the way, when did when did uh, Joe Missoula turn into Belichick with the two-word answers? Has that been a while? I don't really pay attention to, uh, you know, pregame or well, even in-game interviews with coaches. But he's into this thing now where he just gives two words, answers, and walks away. 
trying to be Belichick, you know, trying to be, you know, the tough guy with the media doesn't work. I mean, you're not Belichick. <laughs> it doesn't work. It may seem like kind of a dink when you do that. But uh, speaking of dinks, we have the uh, dueling Memorial Day announcements, pronouncements, speeches. Uh, Joe Biden, I think we're going to have to give him some credit here. He told the truth for a change about his son, Bo, who he's been lying about for years. Uh, he let it slip <laughs> that he actually knows. How Joe, how Bo Biden died. Of course, he did it in front of Gold Star families on Memorial Day. Made it about him and his son who died of cancer uh, years after returning from Iraq. Uh, that was bad. Typical Biden. Plus, we have him. Uh, what do we got? Him yawning, coughing, looking, looking lost at a very solemn memorial service. He doesn't know how to salute. He doesn't even know how to put his hand over his heart. He like grabs his chest like that. He doesn't, he just looks so out of place. He's having a heart attack. You know, you know why he looks out of place? These things. Cause he doesn't give a damn. I mean, we've gotten to know the real Joe Biden over the last couple of years. The guy who denies his youngest granddaughter exists. That guy, uh, we were told, you know, would bring compassion and decency back to the white house. Well, once again, he stood before gold star families and made it all about himself. A good point by Rich on the comment line. Last year, Kamala Harris tweeted out, everyone have a great long weekend. No mention of why they were having a great long, no mention of the meaning of the day. I I always say this, I always think this, this is one of the easiest parts about being a politician, about being president or or vice president. You just, you, you understand the, the meaning of the holiday, you understand what so many American families have gone through and you make it about them. This year, I believe the tweet said the first, it just said the first female vice president. That's what she decided or her staff decided to tweet out on Memorial day <laughs> on Memorial day weekend. But I have to say, I'm not really defending Joe Biden. It wasn't the dumbest uh, Memorial day message from a, an American president that of course would be Donald J. Trump. I'm once again, posting on true social, which I, I mean, I, I, I guess he contractually can't come back to Twitter. If he does, he has to have, there has to be lead time between his posts on true social and his posts on Twitter. So maybe he's not coming back to Twitter. It doesn't matter because people just screenshot it and post it anyway. But it's remarkable that he's now in a race. He's, he's, he's campaigning. He's battling DeSantis and those two are going at it. Those two have uh, social media warriors, both of them. And they are just going at each other. If you're not following, you know, team Trump and team DeSantis, it's getting nasty already. Trump stinks at this. I hate to break it to you. You can look at the DeSantis message. It's typical. It's just, you know, Memorial day. Remember the fallen, which is what you're supposed to do. Trump, of course, made it about himself. Um, and it's just, it's just dumb. That's all. It's just dumb. We got a budget deal, a, uh, averting a crisis that would have affected the world economy. Kevin McCarthy. This, this is from Nancy Mace, Congresswoman from uh, North Carolina, kind of a rhino sometimes, but uh, kind of cute too. But Nancy Mace says, uh, Kevin McCarthy got rolled by a guy who doesn't know, 
I think she said, doesn't know where his pants are. Uh, Kevin McCarthy got rolled by a uh, 80 year old dementia patient. And there's one thing in this deal, which everybody will understand and it will piss off everybody on my side. Every decent American is going to look at this and say, Whoa, you promised this wouldn't happen. Uh, we got a little uh, cat fight. I don't, am I allowed to say that? It's probably sexist, but uh, Sam Ponder, <laughs> this is the definition of courage when you work at ESPN. Sam Ponder, Sam Steele Ponder, she came out in defend and defended women's sports, women in sports, and that didn't go over well with her, uh, with, with some women in the sports media. She's a bigot now because she thinks, you know, women's sports are for women. That's kind of strange, man. And uh, we, we, we have a face for the insanity at Target. We did this with Bud Light. We had that woman, what was her name? Alyssa Heiderschneid from Harvard, the super wokester who said she didn't want the bear, beer to be for frat, fratty people anymore and bump bad jokes. She destroyed the brand. She cost the company billions. She was fired or put on leave. We got a guy. Now, if you want to know who's behind this, uh, this drive at Target to sexualize children, um, uh, we'll, we'll explain it all to you. It's, it's, it's just incredible. To whom these companies trust their brand, trust their, their, their whole company. The, 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 I believe uh, Target on Friday at closing time had, had lost $10 billion in market cap. And it's one guy. One guy, one wacky, crazy, left-wing nut job who's cost the corporation big, big money. And uh, I decided, which I, sometimes I do on Monday, I, oh, just, now it's Tuesday, but I check the, uh, the shootings in Chicago. It's incredible. This is something, people should do this. They should Google this at the end of a weekend, Chicago shooting, and just read about the weekend in Chicago. I understand there was violence everywhere. There was violence on Revere Beach, um, Ironhead's friends were, were there and uh, it was ugly, right? And, but no one died, right? On Revere Beach. From what I'm seeing, three were wounded. So Three were wounded. Bad shots in yeah, Revere. They're shots. more accurate in Chicago. <laughs> we have, I'm, this is, yeah. this is a running toll. I'm, I'm telling you, you got to keep up. You got to go, you know, refresh. 53 shot, 12 dead in Chicago. And I'm going to do this, or maybe you could do it for me. Let's see, uh, what Ayanna Presley has to tweet about this, or AOC, or Joe Biden, 53 shot. And it's incredible how many people are just in the way. I just read about a 77-year-old guy walking down the sidewalk, shot in the back. I don't think he was, you know, maybe maybe he's a drug kingpin, but it's just, you read the rundown and the ages and the places and the times. How, how do the cops even respond to this? 53 shootings, do they all? Does someone call the cops? There's another dead guy in front of my house. Just it must be just the wildest thing to be in Chicago. Work, be be a cop or a dispatcher or whatever, an EMT in Chicago. Every weekend, just wait for you know every ten minutes another shooting. Just incredible, but nobody cares because it's all black on black. There's no no Daniel Penny strangling anybody in Chicago. So the the frauds. In, in, in our political class, in our media, do not give a damn. We'll see. Maybe tonight, Joy Reid will take a deep dive into this out-of-control violence in our second biggest city, our uh, third biggest city, um, I believe, yes. 
but but no, we don't have any white guys. I don't think maybe maybe they're probably looking to it right now. Say any of the shooters white were any using an AK uh, uh, an AR fifteen. Then maybe we will care. We'll get to that. It's just it's so disturbing to read that that whole rundown and 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 ask why doesn't someone talk about this? Why isn't it a huge issue? Uh, I don't know. We'll get into that and lots more on today's Callahan show. But first, all right, here's what you got to do this Father's Day. Go to MyPillow.com. Use code word Jerry for huge discounts. For example, the standard MyPillow, which is normally $69.98, is only $19.98 with code word Jerry. MyPillow's made in the USA. comes with a 10-year warranty and a 60-day money-back guarantee. It's machine washable and dryable. It's the most comfortable pillow you'll ever sleep on, and it's a great Father's Day gift. Get it now. Support this show and strike back against cancel culture. As you know, MyPillow isn't available in the big box stores, so you get factory direct pricing if you order from MyPillow.com using code word Jerry. And if uh, he's already got a pillow, he's a better idea. Half off slippers. They have the best slippers in the world. That's what I want for this Father's Day. MyPillow slippers. Just go to MyPillow.com. Use pro promo code Jerry. I will we'll get to that uh, Celtics game, which just, here's what I was thinking. I, I was 100% sure the Celtics going to win this game. I'd watched all the games. I'd, I'd, they were home. They had won three in a row. I was 100% convinced. In fact, I was 100% convinced they would win by double digits. And they just got blown out. And I sat there and said, you know what? that doesn't happen anywhere else in life. I mean, with polls now, you don't see that kind of thing in politics anymore. It's just not anything else in life that gives you that kind of shock, which I felt last night, but we'll get to, uh, I'll tell you, I want to, I want to get to the, the thing over the weekend that didn't shock me. This, this unbelievably callous, uh, this, this thoughtless, this cold speech and appearance, by the way, I, I almost was surprised that Joe Biden even showed up for this. I mean, it's a long weekend. He barely works during the week. And they got him out of his beach house. They pumped him full of whatever drugs it takes to get him to make a public appearance and make a speech. And he appears at this event uh, with Kamala, with um, that slime ball, that load. Uh, Mark Milley, I believe, was there. Lloyd Austin, the whole worthless crew. But... There, this cannot be written by a speechwriter. It cannot be. He has to inject this. He has to. There's no speechwriter who would say, why don't you go before all the Gold Star families, some of whom lost loved ones under your watch. By the way, 13 soldiers and Marines who were blown up at the Abbey Gate in, in Kabul because of Joe Biden's disastrous withdrawal from Afghanistan. Uh, you can't imagine, you, you want to guess how many times he mentioned those 13 warriors? That would be zero. No mention of the 13 soldiers and Marines. He got killed by rushing this exit, by giving up Bagram Air Force Base, by not letting a sniper who had the guy in his sights take the shot. That's on Biden. No mention of those 13 heroes, none. But his son, who died of cancer, Six years after returning from Iraq, that was the theme. <laughs> that was what he focused on in this speech. I don't know how much how much do we have from Biden from yesterday. I can only take so much, but oh, 
Tomorrow marks eight years since we lost our son, Bo. Our losses are not the same. He didn't perish in the battlefield. It was cancer that stole him from us a year after being deployed as a major in the United States Army National Guard in Iraq. As it is for so many of you, the pain of the loss is with us every day, but particularly sharp on Memorial Day. Still clear. Tomorrow's anniversary. Okay. So is the pride Jill and I feel in this service. As if I can still hear him saying, Dad, <laughs> it's my duty, Dad. Okay, I, you know, I know, I know this goes. This is just infuriating. I don't know how this doesn't bother me. The people there lost loved ones in combat. Uh, the people there are still grieving, uh, and, and many of them, I'm sure, are still wondering: Was it worth it in Iraq and Afghanistan? Uh, I'm sure there were there were some who lost loved ones in Vietnam. They must ask that every day. They know, they know the answer. No, it wasn't worth it. But he's talking about a guy who died of a brain tumor and it wasn't a year after he was deployed. It was six years. And it's, it's something he lied about. What was that? A week? Last time we did this a week, maybe two weeks ago, he's done it hundreds of times. He's lied about the death of his own son and it's stolen valor, pure and simple. I mean, he's done it since he got sworn into the Senate when he was 29, he did it in the hospital room of his son, I think Bo and Hunter were hospitalized after the car accident that killed his wife and daughter. He got sworn into the Senate in the hospital room. He has used exploited tragedy every day of his political career, including this day. And it's so awkward. It's so selfish. What does his son dying of cancer have to do with the people that, that we honor on Memorial day? I mean, we don't honor People who died of cancer. Sad to say, we you know we'll do that other days. Look at him here. He doesn't even know how to salute. <laughs> and and it, this is was this the video where he's yawning and he's yep. kind of like you know, he looks so bad. He's walking uh, with Kamala and Lloyd Austin, a couple of other reprobates. But uh, and then he points and then he just stands there and he, it's not time to salute yet. But he starts saluting. Oh no, he's coughing. And he's yawning, and now he's saluting. He's just unfit for office. I, I can't imagine sitting there and saying you're lost. I don't know if any of the family members, look at him. It doesn't even look real. I, I can't imagine if any of the 13 soldiers and Marines he got killed in Kabul were there. But can you imagine losing a loved one two years ago or less, a uh, year, year and whatever, eight months ago, nine months ago in August? Uh, and then he starts talking about Bo again, by the way, he did the same thing at joint base air joint base Andrews when the, I, I think it was a joint base. When, and when the caskets came home, the loved ones were there and they talked to some of the family members after and they said, all he wanted to talk about was Bo, his son who died, which is tragic. I mean, but you can't do that. You wait a day. Today's the anniversary of Bo's death. Great. Make a little comment about it. Go to the grave. The media will be there. You can make it about Bo today. You can't make it about Bo yesterday. God, is this guy cruel? I mean, just he's just cruel. You got to be cruel 
to deny your own grandchild, your own granddaughter. He did that the other day too. He said he had three granddaughters. He has four, but that one doesn't exist because her father is a worthless crackhead and her mother was a stripper. So in his mind, she doesn't exist. A four-year-old child is disgusting. And that to me will be his legacy. I don't care how he could win another term. He could solve you know, all the world's problems, but I will think of, think of that girl, young Navy Roberts, who wants to call herself Navy Biden, but the Biden family won't let her, who, who wants child support, but uh, Hunter flew on a private jet with a team of eight lawyers to Arkansas to try to get his child support lowered. They are just trash, this family, absolute trash. Um, typically, Donald Trump is better at this. I mean, he was at a military uh, cemetery yesterday, I believe, hugging a little kid and he brought flowers and he's good at this kind of thing. That's his strength. Although I just watched MSNBC uh, for a little bit and it's um, unbelievable. They are still lying about him. Uh, The Atlantic magazine had a bunch of anonymous sources just made up, just totally made up a story about Trump calling uh, soldiers suckers when he was in France, I believe in Normandy. And uh, they said, uh, in, no, no one on the record, no proof, just totally made up. Trump didn't call them suckers and fools for joining the military. It was designed to help Biden win the election. It succeeded. Again, the media took part in, in rigging the election. And this was just one example. And they're still talking about it. They go around the panel on SMBC. Oh, it's disgusting. He called them suckers. He did no such thing. Anyway, Maybe he will, you know, he's getting a little, little, uh, he's coming a little unraveled since Ron DeSantis entered the fray. DeSantis is so in his head, but this is yesterday on True Social. And it's not the dumbest thing he ever posted, but it's, it's up there. He writes, happy Memorial Day to all, but especially to those who gave the ultimate sacrifice for the country they love and to those in line of a very different, wait a second. Though to those in line of a very different but equally dangerous fire, stopping the threats of the terrorists, misfits, and lunatic thugs who are working feverishly from within to overturn and destroy our once great country, which has never been in greater peril than it is right now. Do I have that right? Is that one sentence? So far, yeah. One sentence, period. Why? We get to a, we get to a second sentence. Remember but right now, period. We must stop the communist, Marxist, and fascist pigs at every turn and make America great again. I, I'd like to ask any Trump, Trump supporter, do you like this? Do you find this helpful? No. Deering? I mean, he is, it, it, the first line is great. Uh, happy Memorial. First of all, you don't really say happy Memorial day. You know, how hard is it to just say, remember the fallen, those who made the ultimate sacrifice. Instead, he says to those who made the ultimate sacrifice for the country they love and to those in line of a very different, but equally dangerous fire, stopping the threats of terrorists, misfits and lunatic thugs. That's him. He's talking about, he's talking about him and injecting him into into the, the the group we're supposed to be honoring on this day. He's not dead, first of all. And there, there's one thing. If you if you hate Trump and you're like MSNBC, you don't have to go with the made-up stuff. 
like he called troop suckers. That's made up. He once said his personal Vietnam, <laughs> his personal Vietnam was avoiding STDs when he was younger. <laughs> when he was younger and and playing around in New York City, I think he might have said it to Stern or somebody. But he said that years ago, and he, he actually did. I mean, obviously, it's kind of a joke, but it doesn't reflect. It doesn't doesn't age well when you're the president, <laughs> and you avoided Vietnam. By the way, both candidates, you know. Both leaders, Biden and Trump, both uh, avoided Vietnam for dubious reasons. Um, I forget what I forget what Biden's was made of, like like I don't know, shin splints or corns or something. They both um, used their connections to avoid going to Vietnam, which is why DeSantis on a day like this stands tall. Man, he was uh, in Iraq. He was in Fallujah. I know he was a lawyer, but he was in. Uh, you know, in the, the hot zone and uh, everybody he served with speaks highly of him. That's not going to go well when Trump debates uh, DeSantis and tries to accuse him, which they did over the weekend, by the way, Trump people accused him of being selfish, just in it for himself. And then the DeSantis people immediately post a picture of him in Fallujah and full combat gear. Trump doesn't have one of those pictures, you know, DeSantis in his Navy whites is a really impressive picture. He was a good looking guy. He was thinner and he looks, he looks presidential. Trump can't play that card. And you know, he's bad stuff when he doesn't try to play that card. He just supports the troops as president. And he did. And the troops liked him, loved him in many cases, but you don't want to, uh, you don't want to do that. Uh, in your one-on-one battle with DeSantis. Uh, and I don't think, I don't think DeSantis will bring up the fact that Trump called avoiding STDs, his personal Vietnam, but his surrogates will, if you're, if you're not following, uh, you know, the people who are fighting this fight already on social media you should, it's pretty entertaining. They are going at it hard. The Trumpians, the Trumpers versus the, uh, DeSantis crowd. It's getting nasty. There he is right there. Tell me that Navy white, that dress white photo wouldn't, I mean, if that were me, that'd be my profile picture. That'd, that'd <laughs> be on posters. You can't, there's no answer to that. If you're Donald Trump, you just don't have it. Or Joe Biden for that matter. Oh, you know what Biden will do is say, yeah, my son Bo was in Iraq. He died in Iraq. How many days will pass before Biden lies again, steals valor from gold star families, which he loves to do. How many days before he says, I lost my son probably today, right? Today is the anniversary of his death of brain cancer in, in the hospital in Walter Reed. And he'll talk about his son and say he died in Iraq. That's my prediction today. And I'm on a roll with predictions. All right. We got much more to get to. We'll get to more on, on, on Biden because of this, uh, this budget deal uh, to avoid the debt ceiling, which uh, all you need to know is the Democrats are happy. Most of them, not AOC or the real radicals like Liz Warren. Most of the media, they're happy because they think it makes Biden look good. He avoided a shutdown. He avoided a crisis. I don't understand it. And I've, I've been reading over the weekend, trying to get up to speed on it. And there's one thing I can't get past. And I don't think a lot of people uh, like me are going to get past this. There's one thing Kevin McCarthy promised when he became speaker. There's hell, there's one thing just about every Republican who ran in November promised. They were going to repeal the 87,000 new IRS agents. 
that will be, that have been, that are being hired to go after working class people, to go after people who own small businesses. That's what they're there for, to intimidate, to squeeze every last nickel out of hardworking people. They're not there. Everyone knows to go after the rich. The rich have lawyers, the rich have accountants, the rich have, they get audited and, and they, they know how to fight it. They know how to defend themselves. Average people who get audited, you know, who have uh, somebody knocking at their door, the, the IRS knocking at their door and demanding, you know, whatever, uh, they prove every deduction and it scares the hell out of average people. And they're coming for you. That instead of 87,000 new border agents, Biden wanted 87,000 new IRS agents because he wants an open border and he wants to intimidate the working class, the middle class. Do you know what? Instead of 87,000 new IRS agents, after this tough negotiation between Kevin McCarthy and, uh, and Joe Biden, do you know how many we're going to have now? Big win for Kevin McCarthy. 85,260. They repealed 1.9 billion out of 80 billion to uh, weaponize the IRS. That's it. How can Kevin McCarthy declare victory when there will be 85,000 new IRS agents instead of 87,000? That's just embarrassing. And it's simple to understand. This is not some complicated budget thing where people don't, where their eyes glaze over. People understand when you sick the IRS agents on them and the media's, all in on this. They, they love it. Uh, I heard Chuck Todd actually say he was with uh, Byron Donalds and he said, I don't understand if you're not cheating in your taxes, what do you care? What? There's, there's nobody, nobody Republican Democrat who isn't afraid of the IRS. Nobody. As a reminder, the IRS knocked on Matt Taibbi, independent journalist, certainly no MAGA Republican. He used to be a crazy left winger, but he's a journalist. He's, he responds, he, he believes in the First Amendment. He believes in a free press. He went before Congress to talk about the Twitter files, and they knocked on his door the day, I think it was the day he was sitting in, in front of Congress. They opened an investigation on Christmas Eve of Matt Taibbi. It was a Saturday. It was Christmas Eve, and they're investigating a journalist who is not, who was one of the rare members of the media who's not just a stenographer for the Biden team, and they sick the IRS on him. Uh, Barack Obama and Joe Biden for eight years used the IRS to attack their political enemies. They use, they view it as part of their political team, the IRS. And Kevin McCarthy just agreed to f uh, increase their funding by 80, I don't know, 80 billion, 80 something billion, and bring in 85,000 new IRS agents. That sucks. You can't declare victory just because you avoided a shutdown and you slowed the growth of uh, the, the, the growth of spending. Not good enough. I'm happy to see a number of uh, Republicans are speaking out against that. Chip Roy, Nancy Mace, a whole bunch uh, are, uh, are saying they're not in. They're not going to vote for it. They don't like it. I'm, I'm, I'm with them. This is insane. I, I expected that to be the first thing. If you won this, if you want to declare victory against Joe Biden, that had to be repealed completely, completely. And if he got half, I'd say, yeah, okay. They got 98% of what they asked for uh, or what Biden, uh, what's in the Biden budget, 
to uh, increase the number of IRS agents and their <laughs> and their effort to intimidate and shake down small businesses and middle class people. It is disgusting. All right, we got lots more to get to. We're going to get to Chicago. Big weekend in Chicago. Big big weekend everywhere. It was a crazy. If you haven't been online, if you didn't, uh, we're on social media over the weekend. There's all kinds of friggin' insanity shooting in Hollywood, Florida. A group of 40 kids, teens, beat up three Marines in California, just jumped them and beat the hell out of them. That's all on video. And I'm sure some of this insanity in Chicago and uh, maybe even some in Revere Beach. You think that's on video? I don't know. I don't know. We'll, uh, maybe. we'll get to that. We got to, we got, and we'll get to the Celtics. Oh, we have a new entrant about to join the, uh, the field, the crowded field. And I'm going to say, I hate this guy, but I'm looking forward to it because he's loud. He's obnoxious and he hates Trump. So he'll be good uh, fodder for Trump. It'll be good. And maybe Trump can take his fire off of uh, DeSantis and go after this guy. We'll tell you about that and lots more. But first, in a startling description, the UN food chief warned the world with the words, quote, knocking on famine's door. He called what we're facing a perfect storm of a perfect storm. And he's not alone. Barron's published that a food shortage could be coming even in the U.S. Farmers see it too. John Boyd Jr., a fourth generation farmer, told Fox News that we're, quote, going to see empty food shelves in coming months. That's why getting survival food is more important than ever now. Create your own stockpile of the best-selling four Patriot survival food kits. It's not ordinary food. We're talking good for 25 years, super survival food. Hand-packed in a family-owned facility in the U.S., giving jobs to more than 200 Americans. They have different delicious breakfasts, lunches, and dinners. You can make these meals in less than 20 minutes. Just add boiling water, simmer, and serve. And right now, for the next few days, listen Listeners of Newsmax will get 10% off their first order at 4Patriots.com by using promo code Newsmax. Go to 4Patriots.com, that's the number 4Patriots.com, and use promo code Newsmax to start your stockpile today. Uh, Chris Christie's in the race. Good for, good for this. Krispy Kreme. Christy Kreme is in the race. He used to be a Trump ally. Now Trump hates him. He hates Trump, so he's got no shot one of those guys just looking to make a buck but i'll say this he's loud he's obnoxious i can't stand him but but it'll be good fodder for trump if they're both in the debates it might be good for desantis he could uh, go under the radar because christie is uh, he's got an exploratory committee i don't even know what that means but when you hear that you think they're in the race so he'll be uh, joining the fray any day now and we look forward to it all right before i get to uh, we get back to the celtics i want to explain to you the, it, a lot of people, and, and over the weekend, uh, people are talking about the boycotts. They're talking about Bud Light, first and foremost, which has been destroyed. I was on a golf course, Ironhead, and uh, I made it uh, my mission to look in all the trash barrels, you know, on each tee. Mm-hmm. Not one Bud Light. Not one. I said, there's got to be one. And I, I didn't like rummage through, but there was, they weren't filled. There was just a bunch of cans because people on Memorial Day weekend, when they go to the golf course, they bring some beer with them. A lot of milk ultras, a lot of Miller lights, not one Bud Light. And I looked in probably seven or eight trash cans. And this was at the end of the day. It was late in the day. And I just laughed. I said, nobody wants to be seen with a Bud Light. They got a new koozie. 
that you could buy online. It just says not Bud Light. So even if, if you if you have a Bud Light, you put it in that koozie. You know, if you have some left over in the fridge, you can put it in that koozie and get away with it. But uh, it is remarkable in bars, at package stores, liquor store. People don't want to be seen with it. It's not necessarily that everybody's on board with the boycott, but they have been shamed and it's beautiful. I've never participated in a successful boycott. I don't remember really anything that had anywhere near this kind of traction. And I think it it's going to embolden people to, to do the same to other woke corporations. I know that sounds trite and everyone's sick of woke this and woke that, but when you look into what target did, what target's doing, there's the koozie. That is that is good right there. I'm, I'm, I have a feeling those will be everywhere this summer. It is beer drinking season, and beer drinkers are determined to not drink by light. Determined to see this company just just eviscerate the place. I mean, they they don't want the, an end to this. They don't want an end to this, and they're looking for the next target. And you know, the next target is it is Target, uh, and. I saw the display. Everyone has seen it by now. The the front of the store, prominent display with all kinds of rainbow this and trans that, including tuck-friendly bathing suits, which uh, the great Alex Stein tried on. We showed you that one last week. But And they have onesies with the flag, pride flag, and they have trans kids. It's it's an attempt, obviously, a, a not very subtle attempt to sexualize kids uh, to groom kids. That's what they're doing. And you're saying, how could a corporation do this after Bud Light? Why would you do this? And it's because these corporate, these companies, the, the management of these big companies, they've been infiltrated by these radical leftists. I don't know if it's, you know, a strategy that they, that these people came up with, you know, five, 10 years ago, but it's happened there. It doesn't matter what company it is. There's, there are people there in power who are determined to, to foist this on the customers, on the public. And I'm saying somebody at Target thought it was a good idea to put that huge display with all the rainbows and trans this and, and chest binders and tuck-friendly bathing suits in Target, which is just kind of a place that working-class, middle-class people go for things, for, for kids' clothes and food and whatever, uh, uh, pharmacy, the, the pharmacy, whatever, the groceries. There's, there's lots of reasons. It's convenient. It's not as cheap as Walmart, but it's cheap. I used to go to Target all the time. Uh, not going again. Not doing it, at least not for now. But I was just trying to figure it out over the weekend. Why? Target has lost $10 billion with a B. They lost $10 billion in market cap in 10 days. It's just self-destruction. So this story comes out over the weekend from Daily, uh, the Daily Mail. A marketing executive at Target also serves as the treasurer of an LGBT organization that receives millions of dollars from the retailer and advocates allowing trans and non-binary school students to keep their gender identity secret from parents. His name is Carlos Savendra. Carlos Savendra, he's 43 Targets, he's Target's vice president of brand management. He's also a volunteer as an, a director at GLSEN, which is a uh, gay advocacy group that supports LBTQ youth in schools. Um, 
He's the guy making the call and he's a nut. Target has donated $2.1 million to GLSEN, this gay, uh, gay group, uh, uh, whose policies include ensuring school staff should, quote, ensure that all personally identifiable and medical information relating to transgender uh, and non-binary students is kept confidential. So he's a director at this group, this advocacy group, fighting to keep non-binary and, and trans kids, keep their secrets from their parents. That's their goal. That's their, their mission. And at the same time, he's VP of what I call marketing at, at uh, Target. And he looks the part and you're saying, so they're the, the, the stockholders be damned. The customers be damned. He has an agenda to advance and he's using Target, his job to do it. And it cost the company $10 billion. And what did they do? They moved it, you know, they're, they're, and, and, and over the weekend, there was at least one bomb threat, which is kind of, I don't want to say funny, but it's uh, about what you'd expect. The bomb threat, and you said, oh, those crazy right-winger uh, white supremacists are calling it bomb threats. No, no, it was uh, a gay lesbian advocate who was upset that they moved the damn display to the back of the store. So they're calling it bomb threats. Target is getting it from both sides now, which is kind of funny. The, the radical left is upset that they uh, bowed to the uh, to the right wingers who don't want this stuff thrown in their face, and it's and it's glorious. I love it. Let's keep it up. Keep keep it up. Screw Target. Screw Bud Light. There's a new one too. Coles. I haven't really got the Coles is selling a rainbow onesie. <laughs> People are pissed about that. You know what? I'm going to stay out of Coles too. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, no end in sight which is good. I just I don't understand why it's so hard to leave kids out of it. I don't understand that. It shouldn't be that much of a problem. What, do you ever drag Queens? Do they ever go to nursing homes? Cause they're obviously they care about people and making people smile and laugh. They go to schools, they go to libraries. I spent a lot of time in nursing homes, assisted living facilities. I've never saw a drag queen there. They don't care about old people. They don't care about adults. They want to sexualize children. It's their mission. And it's why this is a great issue. I hear people, uh, lots of conservatives say they don't want to get caught up in the social issues and the cultural issues. They want to you know, fix the economy and end the war and all. I want to do that too. I think a guy like Ron DeSantis could do both. This is where DeSantis is going to gain ground. Trump doesn't care about cultural issues. He's a New York guy. He used to be a Democrat. He said Caitlyn Jenner can use whatever bathroom he wants in the Trump Tower. He hasn't said much about Disney. He hasn't said much about boys playing girls sports. DeSantis is all in on that. And I think it's a winning issue because just like you just said, Ironhead, what person, what normal human being thinks it's appropriate to have a trans slogan on a onesie or have a tuck friendly bathing suit on a little mannequin or even a big mannequin. It's just, it's such a common sense issue. And and we'll get to the, to the uh, latest uh, battle over this, but it's a winning issue. You want to say, keep boys out of girls sports, keep this stuff out of target. Stop, you know, stop throwing in our face. That's a good idea. That's a good strategy for DeSantis. Trump's going to do it. He's going to tack to the right and, uh, and try to uh, match him, meet him on this, on this issue. But when there is a debate, 
I don't know if it'll ever happen because the debates generally they have moderators who are there to help Biden. But on the campaign trail, someone going to ask Joe Biden, you really want girls playing boys sports? Because he does. Do you really want uh, kids, teenagers getting sex change surgeries and cross sex hormones? You like that? You're in all in on that? He, he has to say, yeah, he is. That's if he doesn't, he will really upset his base, which is mostly radical lefties. Good issue. Keep going on it. Uh, um, Ron DeSantis, let's focus on target. Keep, keep hurting Bud Light. And we'll see it. Uh, we'll see the next guy like this who's infiltrated a corporate board or a, or a uh, infiltrated the, the management team of a big corporation. We'll see if they uh, allow him to do this when, uh, <laughs> when the stockholders lose their shirts. It's, it's fun to watch though. It is, I'm enjoying the hell out of it. All right, before we get back to the Celtics, I want to do this story because it's unbelievable. This is the most unbelievable column. If you don't know who Sam Ponder is, she's uh, at ESPN. I believe she has uh, half a million followers on Twitter. She's pretty girl, white, lovely lady. Uh, she, and this again, this is courage in 2023. She came out in favor of girls playing girls sports. That's, that's a big deal. Uh, but she uh, retweeted or quote tweeted Riley Gaines, our friend Riley Gaines, who obviously swam against uh, Leah Thomas. And because she, she postponed her plans to go to dental school and she's now a full-time advocate for girls sports, women's sports. She's out there fighting to protect women's sports. You would think that'd be a commendable thing to everybody in the media, but no, she's a bigot and a hater because the, the, the woke mind virus has infected the mainstream media as much as anyone. So Sam Ponder comes out and quote tweets um, Riley Gaines. She said, I barely said anything publicly about this issue. And I've had so many people message me, stop me in the street and say, thank you. Uh, tell me stories about girls who are afraid to speak up for fear of losing employment or being called hateful. It is not hateful to demand fairness in sports for girls. That's it. That's what she wrote. It is not hateful to demand fairness. And again, winning issue here because that's common sense. That's what I would say. I don't know, 80% of the public believes that 85, 90 I mean, if you were really being honest, I'd say like 98% of the public believes boys should not be playing girls sports and kicking ass and taking medals and breaking records in girls sports. It's insane. I mean, just imagine if your father, grandfather, great grandfather just dropped in here from 30, 40, 50 years ago and saw Leah Thomas, the six foot three inch guy standing on the medal stand winning setting NCAA records in girls swimming. That is insane. That's not debatable. So if you think it's hateful to say Leah Thomas should be swimming against the boys and not stealing glory from the girls, you're on the right side of history. I'm certain. Anyway, uh, Sam Ponder got, got some people upset. Nancy Armour. She's a columnist at USA Today. This column, you've got to read it. It's just so, I mean, I'll read a little of it, but it's just so insane. Uh, she writes, and she's not a good writer. She's a terrible writer. She's obviously just there because she's a woman. She's liberal and you know, <laughs> probably every, every column she writes is probably the same tripe. 
Uh, but she writes, don't be fooled by the people who screech about fairness to cloak their bigotry toward transgender girls and women, the transgender girls and women who have the audacity to want to play sports in particular. That's her leaves. God, she's terrible. This is and always was about hate, fear, and ignorance. Okay, tell me when I get to any of those things, hate, fear, or ignorance on any of this. She writes, ESPN's Samantha Ponder is the latest to tell on herself using a tweet by anti-trans activist Riley Gaines uh, and then patting herself on the back for a support of women's sports. Fonder's quest for fairness is unsurprisingly a sham. And then it goes into this whole thing about how trans people are under the gun. Trans people. Okay, we're about to start Pride Month. You tell me if there's a more privileged, more protected group in America than the 0.01% who identify as trans. Uh, there is none. There is none. But this person, this USA Today person, just goes into all the whole litany of lies, although there are, there's violence and there's suicide and all that, uh, and, and they're under the gun, they're under attack. Uh, she says, did Ponder use her platform to express outrage at the uh, Title IX violations? Because USA Today had a story that said that the title uh, women aren't getting their fair share despite Title IX. Like, I mean... She, she, she might, but she just wants to keep boys out of girls' sports. She says if you dig deeper into Ponder's timeline, it's clear her, her, her hostility toward transgender women goes far beyond their participation in sports. Um, she supported Megyn Kelly. Well, you can't do that. Megyn Kelly, another outspoken uh, advocate for women and women's sports. She says, I'm at a loss to as to how a transgender woman going to a gynecologist takes anything away from anyone. Because <laughs> Megyn Kelly talked about how crazy it was that trans women are going to gynecologists, which is utter insanity. Uh, she says, uh, Ponder wrote, uh, I'm genuinely sorry for my own cowardice in not speaking out sooner. She writes, yes, it takes real courage for a woman with an inordinate amount of privilege to pile on a group that's already among the most vulnerable in our society. That is a lie. They are, and they're not at greater risk. They're not vulnerable. They are protected. They are privileged. There is no one is, who is more privileged than the trans community. She writes, boy, let's be clear, boys and young men are not waking up in the morning and deciding to transition so they can win a race that afternoon. Uh, she mentions how rare it is that we focus on two high schoolers who qualified for a race in California this weekend. Um, doesn't matter how rare it is. Leah, we know Leah Thomas's story. We, we introduced you to that kid in New Hampshire who won two gold medals, a boy in a girl's track meet last week. The, the people at Sam Ponder and Riley Gaines are protecting the girls who finished second, protecting the girls who are losing two boys who have a obvious physical advantage. Uh, but get ready for it because this is what the, this is what the mainstream media thinks. If you want to protect women's sports, you're a hateful bigot and you're just piling on the most marginalized people. Oh God. It's just, I mean, but I do recommend reading it. It's so bad. It's worth reading. And I'll give Sam Pond a credit. That's not easy to do at ESPN. You know, that's not an easy thing. ESPN, as we know, is super woke, I'm sure. I, 
we're going to move. I'll just give you the quick numbers in Chicago. We won't go over the whole, every incident, although I could. 53 shot, 12 dead. So far this year, 226 dead. We're not in June yet. 226 murdered. Almost all of them, young black men, black boys, which means Ayanna Presley and AOC and Joe Biden don't give a damn. But I do recommend if you want to do see something wild, just go to, you know, Google it. Chicago. This is uh, NBC Chicago. They go through each shooting. Forty. What did I say? Fifty-three over the weekend. That's just unbelievable. All ages, different times of day. Shot in the back. Shot in the head. Sitting in his car. Sitting in the living room. It's a total. It's total insanity. And I don't see a travel advisory from the NAACP. Might have missed it. Saying stay out of Chicago because it's too dangerous. No, they want you to stay out of Florida. But you can go to Chicago where 53 people were shot over the weekend. and But none of them were shot by a white cop or with an AR-15. I don't think. So AOC and Ayanna Presley don't give a damn. All right, let me do Shea and then we'll get to the Celtics. As you know, Shea Concrete has a huge selection of precast concrete steps ready to be installed at your home. This is your spring project, people. If you're building a new home or remodeling or replacing an old staircase, Shea has great uh, values on designs that will fit your home. A new staircase can dramatically upgrade the front entrance of your home, giving you much better curb appeal. Make your front steps the talk of the town and do it now. Do it this spring. No reason not to. You know that removing the stairs is a pain. They're heavy. They're awkward. And where do you take them when you get rid of them? Shea will take care of all that for you. They Leave it to them. When they're done, you'll have a great-looking new entrance that will add value to your home. It's more than an upgrade. It's an investment. With one phone call, Shea will deliver a turnkey installation experience. In a few hours, you'll get a brand-new front entrance. Learn more at SheaConcrete.com and... While you're there, you can look for a job. Shake Concrete is hiring. Right now, they have between 15 and 20 open positions. These are career opportunities for all different types of people and skill sets. All you got to do is pass a drug test. That's it. Go to shakeconcrete.com. I predicted off the top that Joe Mazzula is not long for the job. He lost it last night. He lost the job last night. He he was looking good. They won three. In a, they obviously lost the first three. They won the next three. They were trying to become the first team in NBA history to come back from down 3-0. Uh, it was 150-0. It's now 151-0. They did not uh, get it done. Uh, as we mentioned earlier, the pressure was too much for Jalen Brown. Jake, Jason Tatum got hurt, stayed in the game for whatever reason for most of the night, even though he was hobbled, obviously. Um, how many minutes? 42 minutes for Jason Tatum with a brained ankle that definitely affected him. I mean, guys play through injuries. Jimmy Butler also tweaked his ankle, but uh, Tatum struggled. Uh, because he got hurt, Jason Tatum said, I'm the man, and just tried to do way too much, tried too hard. Jalen Brown. Jalen Brown. What did I say? Tatum. Tatum. Tatum, I'm not going to say he's choked. He was hurt. He's a great player. He's a keeper. You pay him. Which they did. Jalen Brown, you do not pay the max. It's $230, $240 million for Jalen Brown, who, good player, damn good player, but the pressure was too much for him. He had eight turnovers last night in the postseason. 
58 assists, 63 turnovers. That's from a guard, essentially. And he just looked like he had no plan. He'd get the ball and dribble, and he's not a good dribbler. And he had his pocket picked a couple times. He just took bad shots. He just said, I got to take over because Tatum's hurt, game seven, and he couldn't do it. The pressure was too much for him. Yes, he choked. He did. (laughs) I hate to break it to you. The Celtics were nine for 42 on three-point shots uh, in the game. Had a terrible last two games from three-point land. And uh, many of the critics, the uh, the analysts were pointing out, why don't you stop shooting threes? But that's their game. They just couldn't hit them. And they just didn't have a plan B. And I've said all along, and Barkley, Charles Barkley certainly have said, the Celtics are a better team, more talented, deeper team. They had the best player, and they had the better team. There's no excuse for this. They went to seven games against Philly, and now they blow it in seven games against Miami. An eighth seed, the first time in 24 years, an eighth seed has advanced to the conference finals. Miami was the lowest scoring team, I think, ever uh, in the conference finals, and the Celtics got smoked by them last night. After the game, Charles Barkley essentially uh, lopped off Joe Mazzulla's head on live TV. This is the beginning of the end. If you look at this, listen to this guy. He's very influential. A lot of people watch him. This is going to be the sentiment for a lot of people. This how it. This is how it works. People start questioning why you lost to an inferior team, and they don't. They're going to move on from Tatum's injury or Brown's struggles, and they're going to say they did not get coached. You know, there was no coaching here. They just played and they played sloppy and they played hero ball and they took bad shots and the coach had no answer. So if the coach comes back and you have Brown, um, you have uh, Tatum in his prime and uh, he doesn't get it done. You're wasting another year of Tatum's prime. That is how you get a coach fired. Let's listen to Charles and you tell me that whether you think the coach is going to survive this kind of scrutiny post game, post series, post disaster, losing at home uh, in a game seven to an inferior team. Go ahead, play it. This place, we talked before the game, like a college football crowd. This place was going crazy a half hour before tip, and then it was dead silent in the fourth quarter. What happened to the Celtics tonight? Well, Number one, they, they they play bad basketball. They're so undisciplined and unfundamentally sound. They they win games strictly on talent. They they don't they don't even run an offense. Uh, that, that's what disappointed me the most. You know, you can win a lot of games on just talent, but when you against the zone, they just settle for jumpers. There's no ball body movement. Same thing I said at halftime. I mean, listen. You just come out. I don't even know what the final stats was. Yes, I do, actually. 9 of 42. <laughs> 9 for 42. 21.4%. <laughs> Thank you, uh, Cecilius. 16 for 77 yeah. the last two games. Listen, they play what we prefer to as hero ball. Game 7 excited. They wanted every play to be pretty kitty. They wanted to shoot the three. They, they, they were actually trying to get the crowd involved, but when they went 0 for 10. To start the game. To start the game, that should I said zero for twelve. Yeah, zero for twelve. In that should have told them. Quarter, yeah. That should have told them, hey, settle it down. Let's get the you know pace the game back in our favor. Let's take high percentage shots and let's take the wide open shots. 
He's done. He's done. And Barkley goes on to say that there was just no, there's no offense. They just get the ball, pass it around. Someone jacks up a three. When you have, you know, one of the best, you know, two of the best wing players, two of the best slashers in Tatum and Brown, although Brown didn't do, you know, struggle last night. And you just kind of whip it around and take turns taking threes. If they don't go in, you don't you stop shooting them. You go to plan B. They, I picked them to win. I was convinced they were going to win because, because Tatum's great. Because they have a Robert Williams and Miami doesn't. Because they were at home. Because they'd won three in a row. Because they were deeper. And because they had a lot of three-point shooters. But when they all go cold... You got to go to plan B and they didn't have it. And Missoula was kind of a dink to the media. Like the, he's feeling like he's uh, under the gun. He told his team, what do you tell him before they go out and smile and have fun? I don't think that was the right message. <laughs> no. was, go out there and uh, play your ass off, but ugly end to a uh, strange season. And uh, I expect a new coach soon. Maybe, maybe Doc Rivers comes back to Boston. We will see. But that will do it for today. Wild weekend. Um, you, had a, you had a good weekend, though. I went to the big concert. Your eardrums blown out? No, I was in the I was in the media tent, so I, I was fine. And I was shade, I was the only place that was shaded. You were at Boston Calling. Was there good food in the media tent? Uh, uh, the second day, the the um, the sausage guys, I think they're called, came in and gave us lunch. Ooh, but the day... The first day was Tasty Burger, and it was the first time I had it, and I wasn't a fan. Who was the best act? Who was the best band? Uh, probably. I'm gonna go with the Foo Fighters. Probably yeah. they uh had a real emotional set. Like their drummer just passed away, and right. they brought his son out. And oh, that's always good. Yeah, they got yeah. Taylor Hawkins died, and they replaced him finally. And uh, I, I just want uh, Dave Grohl to get the hair out of his face every time I see him. I'm like, get the hair out of your face. It's annoying. I'm not a big, uh, I'm not a, the biggest Foo Fighters fan, but I'm a big Dave Grohl fan. I, I like him a lot. Yeah, he's good. He's good. But anyway, why doesn't he drum? He's a drummer. He's a fantastic drummer. <laughs> it's hard to sing and drum. You ever notice that there's not many singer drummers like, uh, like Don Henley was. Or, right. Uh, uh, not many people can pull it off. I think it's hard. And it's probably not a lot of fun. It's probably too much work. But anyway, glad you had a good time. But that will do it. Thanks for listening. Thank you, Iron Ed. I'm Jerry Callahan. and this is The Callahan Show, and we will do it again tomorrow. Tonight, shaking my head and thinking something ain't right. Is it just me? Am I losing my mind? Am I standing on the edge of the end of time? Am I the only one? Tell me. Like the show? Leave a five-star review on Apple and Spotify. Hi, it's Tony Marino, host of the Newsmax Daily Podcast, your daily news bulletin of Newsmax's top headlines, along with commentary from our hosts and experts. You can learn more about all of the free podcasts, including Newsmax Daily, Rob Carson, and Jerry Callahan at Newsmax.com listen.